Hello, everyone. I am Matt Williamson. Let's talk Desmond King. I like it. I like it quite a bit. So 90% of this podcast is going to tell you guys what the Steelers are getting in Desmond King. And I like this move quite a bit. It really fortifies the secondary. I liked him a lot coming out of school. I thought he would at Iowa, by the way. I thought he'd have got drafted higher than he did. I thought he was more like a second or third round pick. And his first couple of years in the league, he was excellent. I mean, not just okay. He was very, very good. Now, here's the type of player he is. He is a shade under 5'10". He's 5'9 and 7'8". He's 5'10". But he's 201 pounds. Like, he's got wide shoulders Kind of a square Sidney Crosby type build. You know, he's not a long, lanky guy, but he's very sturdy, um, tough, physical. He will tackle and he's not a burner. He, he didn't test tremendously well. He ran a four, six flat back at his combine, but frankly, I'm not real worried about his combine this late into his career. I mean, he's been in the league now for six years and pigeonholed basically. And rightfully so, early in his career as a slot, near the line of scrimmage, near the ball, can mix it up, all those things. So I'm looking at his snap counts now. Early in his career, for the first four years, he was almost exclusively a slot. You know, like he he played 17, 25, 8, 21 snaps as an outside corner those first four years, as opposed to five to 675 in the slot. So almost always a slot. But the last two years are total opposite, which I find interesting. This past year, he paid, he played 334 slot snaps versus 505 outside corner snaps. And the year before was even heavier, 127 in the slot to 741 on the outside, both with the Texans, by the way. And they're far from a perfect, perfect team. And I would have to study why, you know, is it just, you know, Stingley was hurt or they just terrible. They had to put him outside, but he held up well, especially this past year. I mean, he's a starter for the Texans. When you looked at their preseason stuff, he ran with the ones the entire time. I'm not saying he's Deion Sanders or Rod Woodson, but he's a borderline starting corner with inside outside flexibility as well as toughness, tackling, um, a little bit of pass rush to him. He's a good blitzer, which I think is important for their slot guys, and they haven't really had that of late. He's coming off a good season. He plays the run well. He might be one of their five or six best defensive backs now. You know, I mean, probably not. I mean, Peterson, Porter, Wallace are your three corners and nickel with two safeties. But I would think he's fighting Sullivan for the dime back. And in a way, he's not as good as this guy, but he has some Cam Sutton-like qualities in terms of how they'll use him. He can play outside. He can follow a guy in. I would think they'll like him more in the slot, but again, he's played outside more than he's played the slot lately. And I find it interesting too, because he also has some punt return history. I mean, was he, again, Deion Sanders returning punts? No, but he could do it, and I keep picking on Gunnar Olszewski, but it makes you wonder, is Gunnar 
his backup punt return skills less needed now than ever. You may caught on. I'm cut, been trying to get Gunner off this team for a while, but anyway. But King has made some money in the league. It didn't cost the Steelers really anything to get him. He has that Iowa Kirk Ferentz toughness to him. Um, he actually won the the Jim Thorpe Award coming out in, in 2015 as the best defensive back in the nation. So this guy has a track record, and he played well last year. So uh, he you know he's been to he's been to Pro Bowls. I mean so. I think this guy's interesting. I can see why they jumped on it. And I think it's a great addition. I mean, considering this late in the process, it's not the next Joe Hayden. Or I mean, when I my exuberance is for a backup slash role player. I mean, he's not the long-term answer. But to pick him up in late August for what you're getting and the way he fits this style of defense and what they want to do in terms of toughness and character and versatility – I think he's exactly what the doctor ordered. So I'm thrilled with this move. I'll be back in a minute here for two other little notes. They're not great, but that's something to discuss. It's topical. So in the first half, we talked about Gunner. He's still with the team, folks. I mean, he didn't get cut for this move or anything like that. What they did was they cut man for King. So that just came out. Makes sense. You know, I had told you yesterday that that was a possibility. I thought they might be trying to trade man. Maybe they were. The punter, by the way, the backup punter to Harvin. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they knew they were picking somebody up and they just needed a placeholder on the on the roster for 24 hours until King or whomever got here. Maybe they had a strong suspicion that a corner, maybe three or four of them, and there were three or four veterans around the league that, you know, Ronald Darby, those type of dudes, were going to get cut and they were going to pick up one of the those, those guys. So, man was just here for 24 hours and that's quite possible. But... The other news, and it's just starting to filter in rumors about their practice squad, but there's one name I wanted to stress that looks like is coming back, and that's Braden Fajoko, and I'm thrilled about that too. So if you listen to yesterday's podcast, I was on so many different outlets. I think I said this to you guys, but of all the players they cut yesterday at 4 o'clock, or Tuesday at 4 o'clock, I thought Fajoko was the best football player they let go. So they're bringing him back. Now, you don't need three nose tackles on your team. Assuming Benton is nose capable, which I think he highly, highly is in more and more and more. But I sat down with Fajoko in minicamp. He's a joy to be around. He's an energy giver. He's an old school nose that can hold the point, can take on double teams. He can push the pocket a little bit. I thought he had, he looked good in one-on-ones at camp, you know, often – that benefits him, though. I mean, his center doesn't have any help. But I think he's an NFL player that they now have still in the building. And of all the guys that got cut, he would have been my first call to bring back. And it sounds like they basically agree with me. So good to see that. I definitely wanted to keep him in black and gold. Maybe you'll never need him. Who the heck knows? But I think Fahoko has value, and you can see what they saw in him when they signed him originally, and apparently they want to keep him around. Good for him. I hope he gets an opportunity at some point. 
Um, but Adams outplayed him, and Benton's a star in the making. So there just wasn't room. This league is brutal. So I was very happy with that. I, I mean, I think that the Fajoko and especially King situation with this team are very promising. So more practice squad talk, I would imagine, tomorrow as we get more info. And everyone have a tremendous day. This uh, Steeler team's in pretty good shape. Side note, I've been doing lots of Niner homework, and we'll be talking about that heavy coming up here. Really, really interesting team, really interesting game. Can't wait. So I'm starting to get really revved up here for the regular season. All right, take care, everyone. We'll see you. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.